not at all. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Inspirational Living Podcast. I'm Ryan Cassidy. And I'm Marianne Johansson. And thank you for joining us tonight as we continue our journey to inspirational, sacred, and mysterious places. We will visit a continent with raw natural beauty and wildlife and inspiring spirited ethnic groups. This place is truly a gem on our planet. So join us as we visit the amazing continent of Africa. Good evening, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us again uh, for take two of our inspirational, sacred, and mysterious places show. And it seems that we fixed our little technical snafu, so thank you to our regular listeners who normally tune into our show on a Tuesday. We really appreciate your patience. And I don't know about you, Marianne, but it seems like this week has been a busy week for us <laughs> with just getting used to the U.S. timing and now that they have changed for the daylight savings time. And I know it's just made us have to recalculate our time differences here in Bahrain and also there in Denmark. I know, Ron. It's always a bit confusing with that shifting back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> yes, really, definitely. Um, well, how have you been, Marianne? I feel like you know I haven't really talked to you this much this week, and I've just been so busy with teaching and preparing for some events here in Bahrain. How are you doing? Yeah, that's great that you're so busy, Ryan. Well, thanks. I'm I'm good. I'm good. I've, I've been um, I've been getting into working on the final editing review of my book, Ryan, which I'm very excited about. My and my book is called Finding Your Way, and it's kind of a comprehensive guide on a journey of self-discovery and and like understanding of of the between people really an expansion of one's awareness and, and spirituality so it's a book with many perspectives mm. of life and um i believe it'll be it'll be out maybe sometime in april so i will let you know more about that as it happens so that has been keeping mm. me busy as well as taking lots of nature photos as i always do um, and denmark has had all kinds of weather this past week ranging from Arctic conditions almost and now to spring almost and then it's back to cold. So, <laughs> But I've also felt a, a kind of new boost of energy. Have you as well, Ryan? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about a boost of energy. I think I need a boost of energy. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I think I... Um... I'm just really looking forward, I don't know, to reading that book of yours, Marianne, plug, plug, <laughs> just so we can mm, um, <laughs> hear about it. I know you've been working hard on that, so congratulations thank on that, you. Marianne. Thank you so much, And um, when, it, when is it, uh, when did you say it's going to be launched? I think, I'm hoping April, so. Okay, cool. Fingers crossed. Oh, that's great. <laughs> mm. Well, let's go ahead and get into tonight's topic. I absolutely love shows like this because, you know, I get to do a bit of research and I get to learn about new places as well. Um, and let's just say that um, this one really had me researching a little bit off the grid and even had me getting into some fun conspiracy theories. And I know, Marianne, you and I love our conspiracy theories, so <laughs> I think I texted sure you do. about them a few times. <laughs> and I'm still kind of delving into them on my own, but... Anyhow, here we go. So our first location, the first one I picked for tonight, is an absolutely beautiful place, 
and I've been here a few times when I was studying for my postgraduate degree, and I just absolutely loved everything about this, this place. I love the people, the food, <laughs> the shopping, and it's definitely on my, my must-visit-again lists of places to go to. It has a huge mixture of cultures and languages, and it's just vibrant and gorgeous. And I must add that over the years, I've met so many humble and kind people who come from this amazing country. It's the home of the Bry, it's home of Nelson Mandela, and the absolute best butternut squash soup I think I've ever had in my life. Tonight, I'm going to take you on a journey into the sacred, mysterious, and truly inspirational South Africa. Mm, oh, I can't wait to hear about it, Ryan. I've never been anywhere in Africa. <laughs> And, um, you know, my neighbor's from South Africa, actually, so maybe I get to talk to her some more oh. about the places you're going to tell us about tonight. Oh, you have to. You definitely have to. Mm. Okay, so tonight I selected three locations in South Africa that I want to share with you. And the first one, it's a little bit south of Johannesburg in Motulong. I hope I pronounced that right. And it's an inspirational place called the Fertility Caves. And... This place is really a bit off the beaten track. Like, it's not the most popular place that a tourist would think of going to. Um, and the location of the caves is kind of near, closer to the border of Lesotho and South Africa. And it's said to be one of the most spiritual places in the region for the Sotho people. And they believe that it's the home of their ancestors and their spirits. And in a documentary that I saw about the fertility caves, it mentioned that People have been going to the caves in Mosulong for, for hundreds of years to be healed. And the location itself is said to possess healing powers from the ancestors. And so many come there just to, you know, to walk around the area, to drink from the, the water that it drips in the cave, and it's said to be healing water. And they also, um, they just go there to have their dreams and their wishes manifested and while doing research, I also read that many make the journey, which is really quite a difficult journey. I mean, it's really a trek to get there. And they go over a weekend or they go there to camp out for longer periods of time. And even many who are ill or who, you know, who are just have a medical condition will go there in hopes of healing and or even people just in search of you know, a better job or a better life will go there just to get inspiration. Mm, oh, I love that, Ryan. I love hearing about these sacred places and I love how people are still honoring the special powers of such places. And um, remember when we visited Australia in one of our previous episodes and the many sacred mm, spots yeah. around Uluru, the, the, the famous landmark there, and how these are also still considered very sacred and even revered by the local population. So that that's amazing. Yeah, I remember that episode. It was a really interesting episode, actually, I have to say for me anyway, because I learned so much about uh, Australia uh, in there. Mm -hmm. Me too. But um, the fertility caves in South Africa, you know, they're known for having, mm -hmm. from what I read, they're known for having shaman who are available at the caves, and they kind of just sit outside the caves, and you just go there, uh, and they and they help you, you know, to either to to seek spiritual or psychological or medical help. And one article that I read was written by a tourist who went there, and she said that she was told that she should just select a shaman 
and just approach the shaman. And people will just go there and intuitively approach a shaman that they feel that they resonate with. And in one documentary, a man went there. He was looking for a better job. I think he wanted to, to have a job in marketing. He was studying, and he was looking for a job at that point in his life. And so he went and he approached a shaman, and he gave him a letter that he had written to his ancestors. And together they took the letter into the caves, and they lit candles, and they went into the cave, and then they, the shaman burned the letter to release the energy that was circulating around him, around lack, and it was also just to allow space for him to receive. It was really beautiful. Mm. Great, Ryan. So do you think you can make a link to that on our, our YouTube channel for that documentary? Yeah, de- definitely. Actually, I think I've already done it. What? It's um, Yeah, okay. I did. I put it in a playlist. It's called, um, I think I called it South Africa, and it's on our YouTube channel, Inspirational Living. Oh, great. Um, great. Yeah. And the next place that uh, I discovered in my research about South Africa is actually, Marianne, it's actually a place I'm ready to, like, pack my bags right now and go there. <laughs> I think this place, it's, it just looks ideal for artists and poets and, like, hippies. And I don't know. Honestly, I'm, I'm in love with it already. And I think if I, have, if I do a wedding, like, if we renew our vows or something, we do it all over again, I think I'd pick this location. It's called um, Hogsback. And it's located in the Hogsback Mountain region, which is uh, named after the landmark of the Three Hogs Mountain of the Amatol Range. And it's named after that because the three mountains, they resemble (laughs) three hogs running in a row. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. That kind of reminds me of a rock here in Denmark, which I remember my dad told us that this was actually a witch that had been turned into a rock. I mean, I know it's not the same, but by, but it had been mm. turned into a rock by a, a wizard some hundred years ago. So, But but those um, mountains sound like a fabulous sight, Ryan. And so are they easy to get to? Mm, I don't really know, but um, I imagine they, they aren't as, probably aren't as difficult to get to as the fertility caves. <laughs> but there seems to be a um, to be a bit of in- interesting information about Hogsback. Um, and this is for the Hobbit fans out there. I know um, you're one of those, Marianne. <laughs> but evidently, <laughs> Hogsback has a lot of uh, similarities to uh, Middle Earth in Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. And, I mean, there are fairy gardens and thick forests and statues and gnomes and goblins and uh, or statues of these things. And although they say it's similar, I did read that it, isn't probably isn't likely that the area actually inspired Tolkien, even though I did read that he was born not too far away from the Hogsback Mountains in South Africa. I didn't know that. Mm. Oh, okay. No, I didn't know that either. And I am a Hobbit fan, actually. <laughs> but um, <laughs> really perhaps more because of the the amazing landscapes, you know, like fictitious and real, but that you get to see um, th- those landscapes in the movies. And um, I'm thinking maybe he did get inspired when from those hogback mountains. Hmm. Mm, I don't know. I'm not I'm not sure, but you know, the research said that he actually never lived very long in South Africa and that he moved when he was a baby to the UK. So but oh, you okay. never know. It may be in his um cellular memory. I don't know. Maybe you never know. But um <laughs> Yeah. Uh so one of the places in Hogsback that I found that I love and it really got my attention is um, it's a little B&B that has 
a massive labyrinth. And you can walk, it's got an 11, I think it's an 11 circuit labyrinth that you can just walk at your own pace. And I read that it's one of the largest labyrinths in the world, and it's located um, at the Edge Mountain Retreat. And I love, I just love labyrinths, Marianne. I mean, I find them really just to be very peaceful and spiritual to walk, and you just kind of zone out or tune in or or do whatever you feel called to do. Um, it's kind of like walking, doing a walking meditation. So I really, I love them. I would love to visit this one. And actually when we go out um, with my family, when we go to the beach, my children and I, we often make a labyrinth in the beach with the sand, and they love walking it too. And we just, I don't know, they just enjoy it. It's, it's really fun, and it's kind of soothing to make one and to walk it. Mm. Oh, I remember you sent me pictures of that when you've done a labyrinth on the beach. It's so nice and, and wonderful idea to do them on the beach, right? And I've only tried a few labyrinths as a, as a child, but I would love to try a labyrinth like what you mentioned here and, and do a walking meditation and, you know, lots of time to just zone out in this one. And I'm trying to picture it in my mind. What is this labyrinth made of? Is it bushes or rocks? And is it high? I mean, you're not completely lost in it, like in Harry Potter's Goblin on Fire or Goblin on Fire, huh? <laughs> uh, no, no. This one is actually um, pretty flat, and it has a few shrubs along the way from you know from the photos that uh-huh. I've seen. But you can clearly see everything around you, and it's right on top of the mountain. So, I mean, you're up there, and you see the the view of everything around you. It just looks so beautiful. Um, I'll go ahead and post a picture on the on our Instagram page if you want. Mm, great, um, great idea. Mm-hmm. So, finally, the last place that I picked in South Africa, which is my mysterious location, and uh, this is a great one for all of you uh, conspiracy theorists out there. It's called the stone circles of South Africa, and they are scattered all around the South African mountains. And there are actually estimated to be over 100,000 stone circles in South Africa and in that region. I think it also goes into a few of the other surrounding countries. But there's these super strange um, structures, and if you Google them, you get all sorts of research done by this man, a researcher named Michael Tellinger, and he talks about these rocks that were used to build these um, stone circles. And the rocks are, they have these, this donut shape where they actually have a, um, a, like a hole in the middle of the, of the rocks. <coughs> and evidently, they're said to emit a hypersound, and they're... Uh, a very powerful vortex energy generator, according to his research. But it sounds really fascinating, and it probably means a lot more to someone with a with a science background than it does to me. But I find it really strange, and I just think it's pretty cool. So mm-hmm. um, the stone structures evidently have also they are they have no doors and no windows, and many are connected by channels. And one of these stone circles that um, is most famously, I guess, known by other people, you know, people who would travel or go, like tourists would probably know it. It's called Adam's Calendar, which is a stone calendar that has, um, that was actually created to track the rising and the setting of the sun. And it's said to predate Stonehenge and even the pyramids of Giza. 
and it said that it is a still a working calendar to this day. That when it was created, it it obviously was meant to track uh, the the sun, and it can still do do the same thing today. If you go there, you can see it. Wow, I mean, this place just made my bucket list as well. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. I love a good uh, I, I love a good mystery, and I've I've heard. I've heard about the use of sound waves or hypersound sonic uh, sound uh, before, like a technique uh, using sound waves was supposedly used for a castle in the U.S. called Castle Rock. I don't know if you heard about it, Ryan. I think it's no, in Florida, but I'm not sure. Um, and, and some spe- um, speculate that somehow sonic powers were, were used to build the pyramids and also Stonehenge and other huge ancient structures. I mean, there's definitely lots still to be researched in the world of of the unseen sciences, I think. And it's fascinating, you know, whatever it is, it's just fascinating. And I love the places you pick, Ryan. Very interesting. I know, right? Like, gosh, I, I would just love to go back and visit all of these places. <laughs> but um, yeah. I don't know. Okay, Marianne, I'm excited to hear what you've picked for us. So, um, oh, but before we do, let's just... Um, Take a moment to thank our listeners from all around the globe, and we want to invite you all to join our Facebook page at Inspirational Living, and to check out our Instagram page, and to follow us, and also our YouTube channel. And if you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you, and you can email us at inspirationallivingpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, Marianne, go. Your turn. Sure. <laughs> Thank you. Well, <laughs> unlike you, Ron, I've never been to Africa, but I've always wanted to go. And, I, you know, because I've seen so many documentaries about many African countries, and I used to love it, love watching all these um, animal documentaries when I was a child, and, and also about some tribes and ceremonies and stuff. And I would just sit glued to the television with my dad, actually, who, who loved it as well, um, and he still does, um, just taking in all the sceneries. So when you look at Africa, it's just such a beautiful and amazing continent full of natural beauty. And and you see it in the landscape, I think, and also in the people uh, across all borders. Mm, I have to agree here. And you know what, Marianne? I just did my DNA. Um, I did like the DNA test and I got my results back. And it actually shows Mm -hmm. that I'm 16% sub-Saharan African, which is probably why I'm so fascinated with the continent. So. Probably, Ryan, yes, like you were just mentioning <laughs> DNA before, and <laughs> wow, amazing. I think I'm going to try try to do that as well with the DNA test <laughs> to see. Oh, you should. It's drawn. so interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. very. And, and you know, it's funny because I, I feel, I felt drawn to Tanzania, actually. My initial thought was to go with Tanzania. When I, and then when I started researching the countries of Africa, I realized, oh, my God, it's it's hard to pick one that isn't fascinating and inspiring. But, you know, I had to choose. So I, I went with my first choice of, of uh, Tanzania. And when I looked up Tanzania, I realized that the whole area is a unique, like, cauldron of life almost. It, it, it rises and dives into mountains and valleys, and it's formed by two major rift systems. So you find it has Africa's highest mountain, the Kilimanjaro, but it also has so many lakes and also the world's second deepest and second oldest freshwater lake, the Lake uh, Tanganyaka. I hope I'm pronouncing that one right. And um, you even find a still active volcano as well as the world's largest caldera or volcanic depression. And it's fascinating landscape. 
And it, it also forms the divide from which the three great rivers of Africa rise, which is the Nile, the Congo, and the Zambezi, which flow to, deep, to three different seas, um, the Mediterranean and the Atlantic and the Indian Ocean. And because of the different landscapes, Tanzania also has Africa's biggest variety of soil and climate. And uh, the climate varies from hot and humid, tropical to cool and temperate, and then it has arid and dry uh, climate in the middle plains. Wow, that's fascinating. I can just picture it. You know, mm. I've had some um, really sporty friends <laughs> who like to go hiking, and they actually went hiking up Mount Kilimanjaro and took pictures, and it just looked oh. amazing. Truly, truly breathtaking. And, we, and, you know, the reason why I mention all this about the, the geography and the climate is as I was researching, I got this vision and, and sense of Tanzania being a big hub or like cauldron of, of origins almost. So much earthly and climatic variety and life. And almost it's, it's like a playground for life. And I just found it fascinating. It's like you can almost see life surfacing from, from everywhere. Mm, wow. I mean, I'm, I'm not an anthropological specialist or anything, but you know, with Africa being considered the cradle of humankind, I guess what you're saying really makes sense. So, mm, Yeah. And, you know, I then read on and I realized that the place called Odulwai Gorge in the Serengeti is an archaeological site of the first known evidence of human ancestors. Uh, it was found evidence dating back almost two million years. And I must admit, suddenly my vision also made sense to me, you know, of that place being some kind of source for the, the development of life. Wow. Yes, Marianne. I mean, it seems like you're really connecting here, and I just, I'd love that. Have you ever been there before? Mm. I've never been. Well, you've never been there before, no? No, no, I've never but been. But you've had a connection, mm-hmm. you've had a connection to it before, haven't you? I have, Ryan. I've, I've had a. Well, I guess we could call this the mysterious part of of the of today's uh, of my choice of uh, Tanzania because um, I had a, a past life regression some years ago, and um, I was. Um, um, oh, I'm just <laughs> not remembering now. Sorry, um, but. In this past life regression, yeah, now it's coming back to me. I remember clearly seeing a dead rhino. I, I know I was in a, an African country, and I saw a dead rhino lying on the ground, and the hunters had killed it. And I was a young man, too. Um, but I hated the idea of, of killing animals, and I didn't want to be a part of it. So I got ousted from this um, society. Um, and... Um, oh. I remember when when uh, when I was asked when she asked me who I was, could you say Ngu? And I didn't know I had no idea about this. And when I later on I looked it up, um, I looked up the name Ngu to see if it was an African name even, and it was. But I didn't realize that the Ngu tribe with two U's, it's like N G U U, um, is actually a tribe in in uh, Africa so I got really surprised uh, and um and I just felt you know called to Tanzania so I, I think it was definitely um, a mysterious experience I had there with uh, my my past life regression oh, that's so fascinating gosh I love I love the idea of past life regressions I I haven't mm. 
actually had one that was successful yet, so I, I would love to, to try it. But, well, it's no wonder you wanted to, to pick this as your country. No wonder. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely a connection there. But, but there's also, of course, the, the very famous Serengeti Plains, where you can still see the beautiful, majestic, large African animals roaming around the way that, that they have for thousands of years. And um, there's also the Ngorongoro Crater, um, it's also nicknamed Africa's Eden, and it's supposedly extremely beautiful to visit, especially at sunrise. And you go to the rim of this crater, and you can see the elephants and the rhinos and the big cats down there on the plains. And you see pink flamingos take flight, and you can wonder about the beauty of this planet and the, and the gifts it offers to you know to all our our senses. Just amazing. Oh, yeah, I love that. I love the safaris. They're they are absolutely amazing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm. I actually did a few um, when we were in South Africa. And there was just, it was so beautiful to see the animals in their natural habitat like that. It was, it was unforgettable, really. I mean, you could see them, lion, just walking <laughs> right there near, the, near the, the jeeps. It was amazing. Yeah, wow, yes. But also, also, you know, not only the animals um, of Africa and the, and the landscape, but Tanzania also has 120 ethnical groups. And they each, of course, have their customs and traditions. And I'm just going to mention one of them, uh, the Maasai people of northern Tanzania. And they live in northern Tanzania and southern Kenya. And um, there's an uh, active volcano there called Oldoinyo Lengai. And the Maasai hold this one as sacred, and they call it their mountain of God. Um, the volcano is a sacred pilgrimage site for the Maasai to honor their god Ngai, uh, who's the god of the skies and also god of, of cattle, as far as I researched. Um, and the volcano has seen an increase in, in eruptions, and it has erupted four times since uh, 2007. And it rises to an incredible 10,000 feet, so which is around three kilometers in height. And from photos I've seen, it looks spectacular from all angles. And you can, you know, easily imagine why they would call it um, the mountain of, of their god. Um, and also in 2006, a local villager found a series of footprints near the volcano. And they were later determined to be between five to 19,000 year old footprints. Um, I'm not sure about the, the, the big span there of uh, uncertainty, but uh, that, that's what I researched. But um, I found that amazing also. Oh, yeah, that is amazing. That, <laughs> and the footprints, it mm -hmm. reminds me, um, when I was doing research for South Africa, Michael Tellinger actually did some research where he, they discovered uh, large footprints as well uh, in South Africa, mm -hmm. but they kind of theorize that it's um, from giants. So I don't know if that's another conspiracy theory. <laughs> a different topic for well, a different show, another, I suppose. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Um, but also near this um, Aldonio Lengai, the volcano, the sacred volcano, is a lake called Lake Natron or Natron. And it's a lake that often is turned red through a whole lot of different chemical reactions and I also found out about some very mysterious caves in Tanzania called the Amboni Caves that are 150 million years old. So they were formed in the Jurassic time, so dinosaur time. And they are very deep caves, and you sometimes have to crawl to get ahead in them. And they're also full of bats. 
apparently. And oh. to top it all off, if, if you're not afraid of ghosts or spirits, this is a place where you might even get your, your share of that type of experience as well. So the Amboni <laughs> Caves, you, you, can, you, cannot, you can't enter these caves on your own. You're, you're only able to enter one of the ten caves and with a guide. You know, it reminds me of those caves that we talked about when we did our show about New Zealand. It's sim- very similar. You know, they were haunted. Yes. and um, I think uh, caves are so special and sacred anyway. So, Very, yes, very sacred. And um, as you can hear, I really found it hard to limit myself this timeline. As um, You know, if you travel to Tanzania, you are spoiled for choice, I found. And it's a country with many places to go to. Um, I'll just mention quickly Changu Island, where you can see tortoises and peacocks. And there's Mount Meru, which is covered in wild, lush forest, where you can see birds or monkeys. But even leopards roam here as well. So so just, you know, be be careful. Um, and if you're into <laughs> beach energies, <laughs> pristine beaches like Matema Beach are also worth visiting. Um, so while, yeah, so definitely a lot, lot to see in Tanzania. <laughs> and you can also listen mm. to lots of radio as it's the main media there. <laughs> oh, good. So you can listen to our podcast to keep you company. <laughs> exactly. Well, <laughs> all right, Marianne, I think we've, um, we've definitely given ourselves and our listeners a lot to ponder for their next African adventure. <laughs> and, of course, so. these mm-hmm. are only two countries uh, on the amazing continent, but certainly they are two countries worth checking out for spiritual connection, for peace and well-being. And we just hope that you guys have enjoyed our travels as much as we have. We certainly do. And um, we'd like to thank you all for, for staying with us tonight. And we'll leave you with our usual roomy quote, the inspiration you seek is already within you. So good night, everyone, and thanks for joining us. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Good night.